This is Graham Nolan, and you are listening to Five Questions with Dan Shawbell. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Shawbell. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is comic book artist and co-creator of Bane, Graham Nolan. Graham is the publisher of Compass Comics that recently published his comic book, The Ghosts of Macomb Key. We talk about how he became a comic book artist, creating Bane, collaborating with Chuck Dixon, and more during this episode. Graham, welcome to Five Questions. Well, thank you, Dan. It's great to be here. What originally inspired you to become a comic book artist? My sixth grade teacher brought in a stack of comics for the kids to read during recess. I had known about, you know, certain characters from other media, but when he brought in that stack of comics, that's when I really honed in on it. You know, there was a Justice League comic. This is 1974, so they had those 60-cent giant comics back then. So there was one new story and a whole ton of Golden Age and Silver Age stories. And there was just something about those characters and the the bright colors and the dynamics and the action and stuff that really uh, spoke to my 12 year old heart. That's when I decided right then and there from the time I was 12 years old, I wanted to uh, write and draw comics. None of my teachers throughout my life brought in any comic books. <laughs> well, you're very well known for coming up with Bane. You know, I'm a massive Bane fan. It's one of my favorite villains. How did you originally come up with Bane or co-create Bane? And what was your reaction when you saw the character in The Dark Knight Rises? First part of the question, Chuck Dixon and I created Bane as a, a necessity for a storyline. Denny O'Neill who was the um, editor of the group editor of all the bat titles was getting a lot of letters from fans. This is again, early nineties when Wolverine and the Punisher were like the top sellers. Those two characters dispatched the villains. They killed them. And people were saying, well, Batman needs to get more violent and kill him. And Danny thought that was a really bad idea, but it gave him the idea. Well, why don't we give them what they want and show them why it's not a good idea. So that's was the germination of the nightfall storyline. We were going to take Bruce Wayne out, replace him with Azrael, who was a meaner, psychotic uh, guy who, who had no problems killing people, and show the difference, you know, compare and contrast. But we needed a new character to do it. There was nobody in Batman's rogues gallery, obviously, that had done it before, so they couldn't do it. So we needed somebody new. Chuck came up with the idea of an evil Doc Savage. And Doc Savage was a, a pulp character that inspired Superman and James Bond and, and thousands of other characters. He's one of the um, progenators, I guess you would say. And so I thought that was a really great starting point. Chuck and I talked about this character's background and stuff, and he was going to be born into prison to serve the life sentence of his father, you know, pretty draconian, but a really cool concept. When I had to design the character, I started with Doc Savage, big, muscular type of thing. Uh, I roided him up, which is why I, I used to, I draw, I always draw him with the hair on his shoulders and the pimples and stuff, which is uh, an after effect of the steroids. And then I figured if he had a costume, what would he be exposed to living where he live, was living? So I gravitated towards a Mexican luchador and that's how that look came up. And then the second part of the question about the sure. Dark Knight Rises and your, your feeling, in my opinion, that's the best version of Bane from a cinematic perspective. I think the other ones didn't capitalize on a lot of his, let's say, intelligence and, and other attributes. You know, it, it's really a double-edged sword. When I first saw it, I thought, oh, okay, you know, it doesn't look like Bane, but he's kind of acting like Bane. Uh, but then the movie goes completely off the rails. Everything <laughs> that we've been told about this character, that he's this great tactician, this planner, this schemer uh, who's in charge. He wasn't. He was a lovesick puppy dog, the storytelling aspects. So we're very much in simpatico 
when we uh, when we work together. But we're also such good friends that we can be completely honest. You know, Chuck will send me a script or something, and I'll say, "This stinks." You know, <laughs> this scene doesn't work or whatever. Or, you know, you know, I'll send him some pages I did and he'll say, uh, I really hate circular panels. So it's a wonderful collaboration where we can just be completely honest and, and not there's no hard feelings or anything about it. You know, it's like because we both want the same thing. Create great stories. Well, that's really important. I mean, there's so many different people who collaborate with others where there's a lot of friction and people end up separating. They don't have a long term relationship like you've had with him. What types of stories have you been telling at Compass Comics that you couldn't have told at the big publishers and why? I'm a genre guy. American comics is pretty much just superheroes when you get down to the, the big two. And I played in that sandbox for 40 years and I wanted to do other stuff. Before I got into comics, I was a monster kid. I read monster magazines and I watched monster movies and stuff like that, even before that teacher brought in those those comic books. So I wanted to do a universe which was uh, basically uh, focused on monsters, supernatural, science fiction, that kind of stuff. All of it wrapped around high adventure, because that's the other aspect that I love: stories with just men versus the elements, men versus adversity, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then you stick that type of high adventure into a horror genre, and it's a whole different thing. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And if you tried to pitch those ideas at some of the bigger publishers, it would be much more difficult to sell those because they're not that proven track record of, you know, Batman from like the forties, et cetera. And what's your best piece of career advice? Find your passion, find what you're good at, learn about what that business is that you want to do and then go for it. Yeah. The education part can't be said enough, right? It takes a long time to learn as much. Absolutely. You need to know more than Basically everyone else. <laughs> right. Well, you know, like, let's just assume the question concerns comics and you're somebody that's coming up, you're a young writer or artist and you want to do comics. That's all fine and good. And, and you need to work on those talents to get to the professional level to where you're competing with people that are, are being published already. But you got to know the business. You got to know the business side. You can't just go in there as a starry-eyed artist or writer and say, you know, uh, I just want unicorns and rainbows, you know, as I as I sit at my desk and draw. You got to know the business end and how to deal with that and how to navigate it. You know, it's very, very important. And, and I, I would say that would apply to just about every business. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Graham. To follow his journey, you can read The Ghost of Macomb Key and find him on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, where he shares his latest projects, family appearances, and artwork. To watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash Dan Chavel. And please remember to rate and review the five questions podcast on iTunes.